Kia ora, fit like and welcome back to the 4th and Forever podcast. It is so good to be back here and now after obviously an unwanted hiatus, week one is upon us folks. How do you feel about it, Darren? Darren? Are you um... Okay, yep, nope, still no Darren. So it's just me again today and boy do I have my work out for me. So we essentially have three divisions to get through on my own before the start of the season. I have no time to waste. So this is going to be the rapid fire super turbo NFC South preview show. I hope you like the additional energy I'm bringing. Uh, it also sounds a bit raspy because I just necked back uh, pretty much half a bag of Buja mix. Uh, which is similar to Bombay Mix, uh, right about now. Better get a quick swig of Sprite down me before I give this a proper go. <coughs> this show is not sponsored by Sprite. Anyway, guys, so yeah, um, again, apologies. I'm on my own again. Uh, Darren and I have been through a lot of upheaval lately. Uh, not, not between each other. We're, we're still on good terms and everything. That's all good. We just had a lot going on in our respective lives. A little bit too much to, to even get on with like a single solo podcast or catching up with uh, with my dad or anyone else at the time. But uh, hopefully things will start to settle down over the next little while uh, and we'll get back into a much more normal way of going about things. We should be trying out our new format for the podcast after week one starts. So we'll just see how that goes. In the meantime, it's not quite week one yet and we've got the NFC South to talk about today. So let's kick things off with New Orleans Saints who finished 13-3 and under head coach Sean Payton. Uh, so they brought in the likes of Cesar Ruiz from Michigan in the first round pick as a center. Uh, Zach Bond came in from Wisconsin in the third. They picked up Malcolm Jenkins, free safety from Philadelphia on a four-year, $32 million deal. Uh, uh, they also brought in Emmanuel Sanders, very sneaky, important pickup, I think, uh, from San Francisco on a two-year, $24 million deal. They also brought in a, a little quarterback by the name of Jameis Winston, who you might remember from his time at Tampa Bay last year, where he was the most ridiculous player uh, with 30-plus interceptions as well as 30-plus touchdowns. Incredible to watch. Will he perhaps get some playing time here? Who really knows? Uh, they lost Teddy Bridgewater, who went off on a big deal to Carolina, despite having just kind of played the little backup role and is popping in for Drew Brees and just going through the Sean Payton system. But congratulations to Teddy Bridgewater. Super happy to have you back in the league. Uh, like just even to have a job after that horrific leg injury from a few seasons ago. It's really heartening to see him back. <clears throat> they also lost Von Bell to Cincinnati and AJ Klein to Buffalo. But um, yeah, after another heartbreaking playoff exit, the Saints have managed to keep their core together for another season. Drew Brees has been pasted back together for another go around, but with each passing year, the rumblings begin to come louder. Who will replace him? Is it Taysom Hill? Is he the future at QB here? And will he get more shots? Or does the incoming Winston become the next man up? A lot of people have been saying that it's got to be Taysom because they put this first round tender on and they really believe him. They love the, the weapons that he clearly has at his disposal, but is he still a quarterback? Is he someone you can get in there and utilize in a real traditional quarterback role? Or will Sean Payton have to scheme up an entirely new offense? Kind of like what they did in Buffalo, sorry, not Buffalo, Baltimore for Lamar Jackson. 
a lot of people like comparing him to Steve Young, essentially, because he's a big, fast, white dude who can sling the ball sometimes. But, you know, it's just also, I suppose, it also, also helps that he came from the same college. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, like, I don't know. To me, Jameis Winston seems like the more logical uh, project to go for here. But if, if, if the Saints just feel as if there's just too much value in what Taysom Hill can give them in terms of the mismatches, maybe they will go that way. Or maybe Drew Brees is immortal and is going to continue playing for the rest of his life. Hmm, interesting. Another potential thought that I've had during the course of this, uh, especially the last few weeks, is just that Drew Brees seems to be excellent for the first half of the season or so. Absolutely outstanding. Unmatched. Best quarterback in the league over that time as a pure throw-by-throw -throw basis. Then he starts to fall off as his arm falls off. So is there a point in the season where you just say, okay, things are, things are good. We'll turn it over to Taysom, give him more of a shot. Turn it over to Jameis if he's showing the, the goods, especially after his LASIK eye surgery. Is that something that could really help this team? Like, could well be. I actually have faith that Jameis can still be a starting caliber NFL quarterback. He really, really has it. it. Just Maybe he just didn't see those other guys that he was throwing to when he was throwing it down the field to his guys initially last season. Hmm. I don't know. I think um, also, I mean, you could just say put Breeze out there to get the team ahead and then just put it back to Taysom, let him kind of run it, do the funky things. Or is Peyton just going to keep him under wraps so he can whap out this amazing, strange Taysom Hill offense when someone least expects it? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Why are you asking me? Like, I don't know everything. I know a lot of things. And I'm pretty good at just talking to myself all the time, as you can tell. Um, but yeah, no one really knows. Anyway, yeah, the pickup of Manuel Sanders means that even the team's biggest question mark, wide receiver depth, is now far less of a problem. He's going to come in there and he's going to do an excellent job on the other side of Michael Thomas. And uh, I, I really have every faith in him that he's going to really contribute to that team. After that, they've still got uh, Traquan Smith and Marquez Calloway. But uh, I think the, the little X factor they're going to have in there is Deontay Harris, who you've kind of seen uh, like bits and pieces of as a special team, special team or a kick returner. Little guy, real juke machine. Um, really like reminds a lot of people, including myself, of uh, Dante Hall, the, the human joystick, as he used to be called in his days with the Chiefs. And of course, with the Scottish Claymores, if your mind can stretch that far back does make me feel old. I used to have a Dante Hall jersey, actually. Loved it, uh, but just faded away due to overuse. Anyway, um, yeah, like this is possibly the most solid roster in the NFL um, from front to back. Like the, the offensive line is just solid. Teron Armstead, left tackle. Andres Pete is probably the closest thing to a weak point in there. Eric McCoy was good last season. They've actually pushed Cesar Ruiz out to starting guard at the moment. Uh, and Ryan Ramchek is as good as you'll find a right tackle. Uh, Jared Cook is many people's sleeper of the year candidate, but he seems to be that every year if you ask me. So someone should probably go wake him up by now, actually. Uh, on defense, Cam Jordan is still 
the most underrated defensive lineman in the NFL, in my opinion. Marcus Davenport showed flashes of brilliance last year and could be poised to go even better this year. And an already strong defensive backfield got even stronger with the addition of Jenkins and Jenkins. That's Janoris from the Giants and Michael from the Eagles. Now, I think that Michael Jenkins is the, the, the best addition out of those two. Janoris has been streaky at best during his career, um, but still has plenty left in the tank, especially if you're only asking him to cover the team's second best wide receiver because Marshawn Lattimore uh, has been covering some of the best receivers in the NFL since he's come in, and he's done a fantastic job. Considering how well he covers the best receivers in the game week in, week out, to see Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and to a lesser extent, the likes of DJ Moore, whoever else he's had to deal with there. Lattimore is not just the next great cornerback. He already is the great cornerback. He is up there. It has to be considered one of the best. Um, all around, the Saints, they're solid. Again, like 13-3 and last season. You'd be hard pushed to say that anyone's really going to fully challenge them in this division, but I guess it just depends on what your perception of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is, and we'll get to that one later here. But uh, yeah, no, this is definitely a, a, a 10, 11, 12, 13 win team again. Uh, I'd probably put them down as 12 and 4, maybe set the over at 11 wins. Um, but yeah, the, the New Orleans Saints. Once again, a real force to be reckoned with in the league this season. Uh, until Drew Brees' arm falls off. Which it inevitably will, now that I've tipped them for for 12 wins. Um, Alright, moving on. Sorry that it's so quick, and that it's only my opinion, but let's be honest, it's only my opinion that really counts. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons finished last season 7-9. and nine. Once again, Dan Quinn gets a reprieve. Uh, Dirk Cutter comes in as OC, and Raheem Morris remains the DC. So they picked up AJ Terrell out of Clemson with their first pick of... So, so their the 16th overall pick in the first round, excuse me, and uh, picked up Marlon Davidson, defensive tackler of Auburn, as the 15th pick in the second round. They also picked up Dante Fowler Jr. from the Los Angeles Rams on a three-year $45 million deal, which, in my opinion, is vastly overpaying, as well as picking up Todd Gurley, running back also from the Rams, on a $5.5 million deal. Obviously, that one is a big prove-it one for Todd Gurley, who many people are beginning to write off purely because of the fact that he has no knees. Arthritis in your knees is not a good look for an NFL running back. He still produced last season, I think he still got something like 10 touchdowns, but that's only from that production standpoint on stats and banging it in. So what is his usage going to look like in this team? Now behind Gurley, there isn't really much in the way of depth, unless you count Ito Smith and uh, Kadri Olison and Brian Hill as depth. I certainly wouldn't. Um, but yeah, my God, this team is weird. Like They need their offensive line to come good again. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are a fine one-two punch, if not the, quite the league's finest. But there certainly appears to be a lack of depth behind them. Sorry, um, uh, Russell Gage? Yeah, whatever. Will Hayden Hurst step up into the Austin Hooper role? Whatever that would be. Austin Hooper 
tremendously overpaid by the Cleveland Browns. Again, just my opinion, but uh, the opinion of many others out there who have eyes. Um, he was very much a system tight end. Maybe Hayden Hurst can do something in this system too. I, I do feel as if he can be a real weapon. Maybe even be better in that role than Austin Hooper. As Hayden Hurst, I think, has a little bit more burst. Uh, so he'll just catch these ones and these little holes across the middle. All he has to do is find himself some space and Matt Ryan's going to get it to him. So uh, will we see a resurgence from Todd Gurley? I don't know. Again, it just totally depends on those knees, but giving him a full offseason, it's worth a shot. They're probably just going to run him into the ground in this one, one season, see how it goes. If things go well for this offense, and they rarely have since the fourth quarter of the 2017 Super Bowl, which I've never forgiven them for, um, they could well be the cream of the crop again. But that is asking for a lot to go right. The uh, the offensive linemen that they've picked up over the last few seasons, including Caleb McGarry and Chris Lindstrom, who were both first-rounders from last season, they really need to step up. They've got Alex Mack in the center, who's really still very solid. And they've got Jake Matthews outside, who's a, a, a average to above average left tackle. It's all right. Um, they brought in Matt Hennessy in the third round as well. Whether or not he gets to come into play or not remains to be seen. They've also brought in James Carpenter from the Jets. Yeah, I don't know, like just any team that has Julio Jones at wide receiver, Calvin Ridley as a great compliment on the other side, and Matty Ice at quarterback. Like... They shouldn't fail as much as they do, but it's often not their fault. It has often been the fault of the bit we're going to talk about next, which is the defense. So I'm still really not a fan of this defense. AJ Terrell will be relied upon as a number one corner right out of the gate. Dante Fowler Jr. got big money pretty much off of cleaning up after Aaron Donald's efforts, and they lost, Des lost Desmond Trufant. So there's a lot of questions there. But the return of Dion Jones and Keanu Neal uh, is certainly unquestionably positive for them. They su supremely missed those guys last season, but they're going to have to do a lot of work around them because I just don't see that much talent on that side of the ball anymore. Who knows, AJ Terrell could come in and actually be, uh, be fantastic out of the gate and Isaiah Oliver might end up actually being something who knows? Maybe someone else will step up. Maybe Darkez Denard, who they got from San Francisco, is going to actually be able to step up too. Again, just another team with too many questions on that side of the ball for me. Falcons were 7-9 and nine last season, but don't count them out. Because they did, for all I've said about them just now, they had an awful start to last season, which just left them way behind the eight ball. But then they ended up winning something like six straight games. Uh, towards the, the middle and latter part of the season. So what team is this? If that offensive line is solid and it gives Matty Ice an opportunity to sling the ball out there, if Hayden Hurst can actually contribute on offense, you've still got Julio Jones out there who's going to catch a million passes. Calvin Ridley is going to catch all of the touchdowns that don't go to Julio Jones because I drafted him in my fantasy team and he never fucking scores. I don't know. Am I talking myself into the Atlanta Falcons or am I talking myself out of them? I really do not know. I'm, I'm going to say the over for these guys is seven wins again. No, actually no, let's make it six. 
and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna say that they're gonna be mm, in this division eight and eight. I've not I've not necessarily looked at their their full uh, uh, schedule, which I probably should have done considering that's what I've been doing with every other division so far. I've just been kind of rushing to put this thing together. I apologize. It's really difficult doing this from my perspective when I'm just doing it on my own. I'm so lonely. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh god, no, do, do I have to? Okay, fine. This season's Super Bowl champions elect, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are. I'm just kidding. But behold the great hype machine. TB12 in TB. Gronk coming out of retirement along for the ride. One of the best wide receiver tandems in the league. Improved offensive line. Underrated defense. Do we believe the hype? Or is Brady over the hill? Is Gronk half the player he was? Probably half the person he was. Receivers, are they going to suffer from a different QB? Offensive line going to crumble? Defense going to regress? My opinion? Probably somewhere in the middle. This team, whichever way you look at it now, looks solid. They were really building something last season under head coach Bruce Arians. Don't be fooled by that 7 and 9. Uh, they had a really strange, strange year with Jameis Winston, <laughs> quarterback, as I've mentioned already. But um, yeah, they were really building something. But they just couldn't get out of their way because of that offense with Jameis Winston, which was incredible to watch. Uh, just a t human turnover slash touchdown machine. But Brady should, at very least, steady the ship. He could be asked to sling it again, like he did, say, back in 2015, since he now has the best receiving talent that he's probably ever had outside of like that Randy Moss seasons. Um, but yeah... He's also got that, like you know, sorry, top receiving talent. So you've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, potentially best one-two punch in the league. Whichever one you believe is number one could be someone else's number one. They both operate so well independently of one another, and then you bring Gronk in on that as well. Uh, if you look at the rest of just that tight end group, you still got O.J. Howard, who everyone is expecting to break out. Cameron Brait has been really good for a number of years as well. Uh, on, on the offensive line, they picked up Tristan Wirfs in the first round because they needed some protection for Tom Brady. That offensive line was getting better there. Donovan Smith, left tackle, like better than I ever gave him credit for, actually. He's not, not bad. Um, the, the running back room has Ronald Jones still starting at the <laughs> up front, but they also picked up Leonard Fournette just the other day. Whether or not you think that is a, a, a positive move or a negative move, who really knows? They've got LaShawn McCoy there too, as well as rookie Keyshawn Vaughn, who, for all intents and purposes, if you ask me, should probably actually be starting at some point this season. We'll see what happens. Leonard Fournette, the addition of him, like, you, you know, that he's, a, he's a running joke on this podcast, really. We, uh, we always looked at Leonard Fournette as like, oh, he's a big bruiser and he runs a 4-4. He runs through people. It's like, no, no, he runs into people and then falls over. His yards after contact are abysmal. He's just pointless in that regard. He'll get you three, three and a half yards of carry and no more, maybe. Uh, he only ever, he's capable of running away from people, but 
if they get near him, he's just going to fall over in the breeze. Strange. Anyway, back to Brady. If he gets crunched, and I don't care how yogurt up you are, those are some old bones he's working with. And Gronk himself is a big question mark. Uh, but guys who have gone out of the league for a year or so and have come back have often come back in, in better shape, having given their bodies time to recover. And like Gronk's back and neck injuries over the course of however long it's been, not to mention the, the elbow surgeries and things that he's had to go through that made him robo-Gronk. Um, maybe, maybe he just needed that little bit of time. Like, he doesn't look like the same guy either at the moment, but he's just slimmed out. Maybe that's going to make him even better. Maybe he's going to be faster and harder to cover. Or maybe it's just going to make him easier to tackle. I don't know. He always hit that sweet spot of speed and strength in the past. If he changes one way or another, is that going to make him worse? I don't know, but I drafted him in the seventh round of my scoring league, so I'm risking it. Isn't that right? Bruce, no risk it, no biscuit. Now, the defense really improved down the stretch last season as young defensive backs really started to come into their own. And uh, Devin White and Levante David are going to own the middle of that field this season. If anything gets through that defensive line with Vita Vea, Damakung Su, Jason Pierre-Paul sitting there, you can bet that those guys are going to sniff it right out. And then, if you try outside, you better believe that our boy Shaq Barrett is going to be there awaiting. Unless... He's already dropped your quarterback for his 27th sack of the season come week six. Always rooting for you, man, but could you not have just asked him not to get Brady back or just, just left in free agency so you didn't have to play with Tom? I can't root for you as much. It's really difficult, mate. Come on. Listen to me. Like, come to the podcast. I'll pay you $5 a week. That's not bad. That's all I can afford. Anyway. Uh, Sean Murphy-Bunting and Carlton Davis were a big part of this D coming good last season. And I think that Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to be about as good as his Pro Bowl father when it's all said and done. Now, his father, for those of you who couldn't quite piece that one together, Antoine Winfield Sr. Who'd have thunk it? So yeah, uh, Antoine Winfield Sr. did play for the Minnesota Vikings amongst other teams for the majority of his career. Really, really great defensive back in his day. And uh, yeah, Winfield Jr. looks every bit the same. So, over and under on the, the box. Oh man, just really, again, hard to put it, put it together. This is such a strange division. Set the over under at seven wins. I think it's gonna come together. I think this is a, a team that's gonna be very difficult to beat. Could be a 10-win team for me, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, again, depends on the schedule, but that, that division's tough. If the if the Falcons have pieced it together, like I said, they might. That's going to be difficult. You know how bad the Saints are, how good the Saints are, and no one really knows what our next team is all about. So I, I need to stop saying who knows, because of course who knows. Nobody knows any of this just yet. Force of habit. Anyway. The Carolina Panthers finished 5-10 and 10 last season and they moved on from head coach Ron Rivera. In comes uh, new head coach Matt Rule as well as offensive coordinator Joe Brady. Um, they have undergone quite the, the change this offseason. 
so new head coach Matt Rule has really got his work out for him. After letting Cam Newton walk after years of mediocrity and injuries, only to replace him with Teddy Bridgewater, raised plenty of eyebrows. Uh, he would really need to step up and lead this team. But from what I've heard about Coach Rule, I'd already run through a wall for him. But these guys, they've got to run through something far worse. An NFL defense. So they signed the aforementioned Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year $63 million deal this offseason. Uh, after the aforementioned four or so games with the Saints filling in for, uh, the, for, for Drew Brees after his bum thumb. Uh, Robbie Anderson came in on a two-year, $20 million deal, and Stephen Weatherly popped in from Minnesota too. Of course, uh, they have lost Cam Newton, who's gone to New England. James Bradbury's gone to the New York Giants. Mario Addison's gone to Buffalo. Gerald McCoy's gone to Dallas, then had a quad injury, and now he's gone. Vernon Butler came, uh, sorry, Vernon Butler's gone to Buffalo, and Greg Olson retired, came out of retirement, and went to Seattle. I think that's how that works, is it? It's also not elsewhere. I can't remember. Anyway, the the Panthers are a really strange team. Again, just really hammering home just how difficult and weird this entire uh, division is. DJ Moore will need to continue his upward trajectory, and Robbie Anderson will need to rediscover his best self. The line looks pretty up and down, but Russell Coombe will really help shore things up on that left tackle spot. Uh, obviously, this team is... Christian McCaffrey. He is one of the only few, he's one of the running backs in the league, sorry, he's one of the few running backs in the league which you can potentially rely on as a proper weapon in the pass game as well as his rushing ability. So he is the unquestionable heart and soul of that offense. And with the quarterback like Teddy Check down in front of him, don't be surprised to see another 100 reception season. In fact, I'd be willing to book that. Uh, I think it could even be up as high as a 110, 115. Don't quote me on that, but actually no, screw it, quote me on that. It's going to be a lot of receptions for Christian McCaffrey, providing he stays healthy. So the Panthers draft was entirely defensive players, which showed to me that they really want to shore up that first and just have Bridgewater manage the game. Uh, they picked up Derek Brown, defensive tackler of Auburn, total beast, with the seventh overall pick. If he is utilised correctly, uh, and is used to rush the passer and manages to improve in that regard. Great solid pick. They also then got Yitor Grossmatos out of Penn with uh, the sixth pick in the second round. They picked up Jeremy Chin, who a lot of people really liked as a safety out of Southern Illinois uh, at the tail end of the second round. Um, on, on top of another 10 or so picks or whatever, there was an awful lot going on there. Now, Brian Burns was a lone bright spot on that uh, defense last season. But, like, what's happened to Kawan Short? That guy hasn't been seen since their Super Bowl 50 loss to the Denver Broncos where he had three sacks. Who, who really knows, man? Like, that, that, that front line, Brian Burns, Kawan Short, Derek Brown, Yitor Grossmatos, if it comes together again, could be really good. Behind him, you still got Shaq Thompson there. Pretty solid. So here Whitehead comes in from uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Not really sure I like that one all that much, but we'll see how that pans out. Um, they've actually got Jeremy Chin penciled in as a linebacker, which is interesting. Maybe he's going to be one of these guys that they use as more of a positionless guy in the same mold as like an Isaiah Simmons or a, um, Jamal Adams sort of deal. 
Did I just compare Jeremy Chin to Jamal Adams? No, I did not. I just said maybe they might be about to try something like that. Who knows? Like, for all we know, he might end up having to go cornerback because when you've got the likes of Corn Elder, real name, starting as your slot corner, and fourth-rounder Troy Pride Jr. as your starting right cornerback, that backfield looks in a bit of trouble. The only guy who I really kind of like to look of there is still Trey Boston, free safety. Jeremy Chin also is noted behind him there, so unless there's two of them, that's uh, going to be a lot of work to cover. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't see it from Carolina this season. 5-10 and ten last season, I'd say the, the over-under is going to be at five wins again. Um, and like I think that they kind of lucked into five wins last season because they were really bad for a lot of it. Uh, with only Christian McCaffrey being the, the best thing for them. It's a push. It's a push for me. Five wins again. I don't think this team is really going anywhere fast. I think it's going to take a, a fair while for that defense to really manage to shore things up. Until that happens, I reckon they're just going to be like run all over. Um, or even passed all over. I think that's the, 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 the main point there. Um, now, since I've gone through these teams, I'm just going to have a quick look at the, the schedules and give you my rundown of how I think the first few weeks are going to go. So the Saints and Bucks actually play each other in week one. Uh, I reckon that given their familiarity and the strength of that roster, uh, the Saints are going to win that one despite being away at the Buccaneers. But I think that's going to be a pretty close one. I'd give that maybe a 24-21 uh, in, in favour of the Saints. Uh, they're then going to host the Raiders, uh, travel to the Packers, host the Lions, travel to the Chargers, and then they will be so then they will travel to the Panthers. So let's see. Um, one, two, three, four, six. No, guys, that's uh, the way I look at it. There. Um, yeah, it's, it's just as I said, a really strong roster. Uh, they're going to be very tough to beat this season. It's probably just going to come down to a couple of plays here and there that are really going to determine what happens to this team in this division. Um, so moving on from the Saints, uh, we have the... God, who did I have after the Saints? There? Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. And they have the Seahawks to start with. So Seahawks, uh, I'm feeling better on them this season than I have in past seasons. Uh, I reckon that the Seahawks are going to take that one. They then host the Cowboys. I reckon they're going to lose that one too. Bears away. I reckon they'll take that one. Packers away. No, sorry, Packers at home. Mm. I think the Falcons can upset the pack in that one. But that's probably because I am still quite low on, on the Packers. Um, after that, they have the Panthers and the Vikings, who I'm also pretty low on. So... Let's give this... Um, I'll give the Falcons three wins in this one. Possibly even four. But nah, I think three is probably about right. I reckon they're going to be three and three come week six. I think that's fair. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we said, they will lose to the Saints. They then go to the Panthers, which they will win. They will then host the Broncos. You know I've said it before, right? Broncos are going to win it. Although, terrible, terrible news today that Von Miller 
seems to be out for the season with an ankle injury. Really hope that that ends up getting disproven and that he's actually going to be okay because he's always been a centerpiece of our defense. We'd hate to lose him. Anyway, this isn't a Broncos podcast. After that, they then travel to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. They then host the Bears and travel to the Packers. So I reckon that will be one, two, three, four wins for the Buccaneers out of six to start the season. Which I think is, again, fair. But, you know, if it does happen to be the other way around, wouldn't be totally surprised. Actually, maybe it would be. I think three and three is the, the, the minimum for these guys here. But four wins, I think, is where they're going to likely end up. And to round things out, the Carolina Panthers, as you mentioned, they, well, actually, not as you mentioned here, but they will start off away to the Las Vegas Raiders, which I think they're going to lose. Host the Buccaneers, I think they're going to lose. Host the Chargers. Mm, I don't know, because I'm beginning to believe a bit more in Tyrod Taylor, but that offensive line... If Derek Brown gets his hands on Tyrod a bunch in that game, I don't know, man. Panthers to sneak it. Uh, they'll then travel to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Uh, they'll host the Falcons. And then they will go to the Bears. So I reckon... Ah, screw it. Give the Panthers two wins out of that one. Congratulations, guys. There you go. Well done. You're almost there. Almost there already. Two wins out of five. That's pretty good going. You keep that. Going for the rest of the season, you're going to finish with more wins than you did last season. Which, as I've already said before, I don't think you're going to get. But fair enough, that is how it is. My rundown of the way that that division is going to end. Carolina Panthers bringing up the rear. Mm, okay, fine. Atlanta Falcons then behind them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints are still just too strong for anyone. They just look ready and waiting to keep things going. Even if the quarterback drops off, I actually think that T Taysom Hill, sorry, not Taysom Hill, James Winston can actually step in and be a proper starting quarterback for them. I think Sean Payton can really work wonders with Jameis. Maybe he needs a little bit more time, but maybe Drew Brees can afford him that time. Uh, maybe it'll still be the Taysom Hill show. Again. Who really knows? Anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining me in this uh, rather curtailed and, my God, really tiring first episode of this uh, this turbo catch-up that I'm going on as I'm running through all of these uh, these NFC divisions that we've not talked about yet. Uh, I hope you can understand me. I'm just trying to go as uh, not always fast. I'm I'm trying my best to keep it at a reasonable speed, um, whilst also trying to just cram in a bunch because. I want to get through this and maybe play some Tony Hawks before uh, Megan gets back. So, yep, without further ado, let's get this one in the books. We'll catch you guys next time for the NFC East. Oh, by the way, you won't have to wait very long. Bye! Yeah.